Can conflict be healthy? Is there such a thing as good conflict? Well, Dan Allender says, conflict is not merely inevitable. It is necessary if one wants to grow both character and the depth of a marriage. Well, I hope if it's necessary, then it can be good. That's what we'll be talking about on today's podcast. What started as a question, God, you created marriage, can you make it work, soon became a statement. God, you created marriage, you can make it work. Thank you for joining us on the Christian Family Life Podcast, where we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly in our marriage relationships, and mind God's word to see what it has to say about it. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Family Life. We are so glad that you are joining us again. And man, so many people that have been responding and sending in, and thank you for that. It encourages us, plus also affirms this podcast as we keep moving it forward. My name is Gio. Alongside of me is my beautiful wife, Susie. Hello. And then our partners in crime, mm-hmm. Rolando. <laughs> Let's go. Y Tommy Ling. Hello. Yes. <laughs> no? Yes. Can, I, can I do it? Tommy Ling, right? Tommy Ling. That's yeah. good. No or other, no other shotgun Lynn. rider beside me. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> okay. Or, no Tam, other way. or Tammy Lynn. Tam Lynn. What do you prefer, Tammy? Um, Tammy Ling. Tam is good. Tammy Ta- is good. Tam. <laughs> Well, welcome, Tam, (laughs) to the podcast. And as we talked about the intro, today we're talking about good conflict. Can there be good conflict in a marriage? Right? I mean, I guess it's it's good always to go a few rounds. (laughs) Well, I used to think that until Susie started punching back. And I think we've mentioned that before. But figuratively, not yes, figuratively, not literally. No, no, she never took a swing. Well, I don't know. No, I didn't. Oh man, but this is such a good topic because I think that uh, I think there's when there is sometimes conflict in a marriage, um, we avoid each other. Where I think it's good to engage and have the conversations, and we talk about being open and vulnerable, and we've had those conversations before on this podcast. But mm-hmm. but creating an environment so that the disagreements can come to the table and have the conversation and move forward. Um, Whatever is the best way for it to be as healthy as it can be for the for the couple. I know for me, while I love my parents and you know they modeled a great marriage, one thing that they didn't model would would have been healthy conflict. Uh, I really didn't see any conflict at all. And so now that I've been married almost twenty eight years, I'm fairly certain that they experienced it. But I just think they did so behind closed doors. So when when we got married, and it hit in rather quickly, mm-hmm. I was I was kind of at a loss. I was like, Ooh, what's wrong here? What am I doing wrong? What's wrong with our marriage? Mm-hmm. You know, because I had never seen good, healthy conflict. And so it was very discouraging. I, I really did think something was wrong. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're in a little bit of, of a gray area where there's probably a mixed, mixed opinion among, mm-hmm. among our listeners. Here's what we would say is that there is healthy conflict. And we're going to talk about what that looks like. And we would also say that we would question whether or not this driving thought that a couple should never have conflict in front of their children, that that's a healthy thing. I think for two reasons. One is 
our children are going to encounter conflict and they have to learn to navigate that. Mm-hmm. Number two, that that's a lot of pressure to carry as a couple. And I think what you end up doing is you, you do a lot of pretending. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that we we need to be able to be honest in our family. That's, that's the place where we should be able to be the most transparent and, and the most vulnerable. All that said, I think there's a lot of probably sub points that would go underneath that that we don't always have time to unpack. Uh, like, uh, I don't think that we need to... Uh, expose our children to things that they're not emotionally prepared to handle Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) or or blur the lines of as your parent figure i'm i'm an authority and i think if we're not careful we can blur the lines and we're not Mm -hmm. an authority and we're we're just a friend uh but really maintain so there's a lot to to unpack there and uh the parenting piece will will come out down the road we're not there right now but right. the biggest thing is recognizing, hey, there, there is healthy conflict in marriage. And, and sometimes for your kids to see you expressing different opinions with one another is, is a good thing for them to not only see you work through it, but then for, your, for them to see you come to a resolution at the end and find peace. Mm. Well, and so I think good. in that process, we don't have to make up conflict. They're going to naturally come into our mm-hmm. marriage. Oh, yeah. And so... You know, I, I think that's one misconception that a lot of people have is that there's conflict in my marriage right now, and so therefore it's negative. Right. But but there's a lot of things that come into our marriage that are not necessarily negative. It's it's just you know different of opinion or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's important for us to to show the uh, the process as we walk through it, because one of the one of the purposes that we have in our material for our marriage is not only to um, to reign in spiritual warfare or to reflect the image of God, but it's to reprodu- reproduce godly heritage. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is to model things in front of them in, in a protective environment where they can see, oh, mom and dad were in a conflict, but we got to see them work through it in that process. And so I think that's kind of what we want to tackle today is what does that process look like in, in, in these conflicts? I would add um, we are not... Um, we're not perfect at this. We can all, all four of us would, 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 um, would definitely admit that we've had healthy and unhealthy conflict in our marriage. And we have had healthy and unhealthy conflict behind closed doors where our kids didn't hear as well as in front of our kids. That's and good. and mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. we need to, uh, we can't just say if it's <laughs> if it's behind closed doors and the kids don't see it and you're still having it doesn't mean that it's healthy. Right. <laughs> or and, or when you're having it, let's open the door <laughs> and let's go, you know, invite the kids as spectators. <laughs> no, you so don't do that. You, you feel like there's all these sub points to communicate yeah. just, yeah. just well, kind we, of the overall I gotta tell idea. You, I, I Susie and I actually mm-hmm. have a funny story about conflict in front of our kids that okay. went south. <laughs> but we've been able to rebound. <laughs> Even with our kids and have the conversation. And, and we were doing a spring cleaning at the house. <laughs> and it was wonderful. You know, everybody had a job. And all of a sudden, um, I, walk, I walk by the living room where mm-hmm. Ashley was doing the Swiffer to the, to the floor. And I said, hey, Ash, there's a spot over there. Oh. And she, she kind of like didn't like that, that I called her out on that. And she said, um, okay. Okay. Oh boy, here we go. Before we move forward, you may have said a little bit more strongly than 
hey, Ash, there's a spot over there. I think you might have missed it unknowingly. I'm just saying. Well, then she proceeded to say, she proceeded to say, where I don't don't, see it. I don't, well, I don't see how Gio would have said it in any other way, but, but a very, I mean, a spot needed to be, a spot was missed. I agree. Yeah. A lot of times my family mistakens my Cubanness for being angry. I'm just being emotional and excitable. Mm -hmm. All right. I get that all the time. We're out to eat and Timmy's like, hey, relax. People are going to think you're screaming at me. I'm like, no, no, no. Well, it's we're just hands. having animated conversation. It's the hands and the pointing, and it's like he's just telling a story. But I'm like, you Roland, look angry. At we're me. just you know, misunderstood. We're, we're out. We're misunderstood. <laughs> Tammy, Susie, you finish the podcast. <laughs> Anyways, um, that quickly turned into Susie, who was in the kitchen speaking into it, and says, "Geo, there's nothing there. No big deal." Well, it turned into a big thing, mm-hmm. what we would call in Spanish, un revolu. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it turned into a shouting match. And the more that Susie and I got in it, the more emboldened Ashley got in, and she started saying stuff to oh, me. Gosh, yeah. So now I got two against one, and the only way I knew how to stop it was to grab the Swiffer and chuck it out the back sliding door. I almost made it all the way to the lake. I threw it so far. <laughs> and then Susie... You know, calm the situation by saying, "Every window in this house is open." <laughs> oh, oh, great! My goodness. And, I, and we all looked at each other like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> you know, we had nine uh, yeah. ways to pursue oneness. We should have had a tenth. <laughs> Don't throw a Swiffer out the door. Close the windows. Or have conflict with the windows open. Oh, that's a good one. Have conflict with the windows open. So speaking of those ways to pursue oneness, we introduced on our last podcast, numbers one through three, before we get into talking about uh, six markers of healthy conflict, we wanted to just wrap up those nine ways. Mm -hmm. And so very quickly, we're going to look at four through nine and, um, and just kind of set the stage for what good, healthy conflict can look like. So resuming that list, number four was perception versus reality. Mm. And I think we need to come to the realization that they're not always the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard, well, you know, his perception is his reality. No, reality is based in facts and truth. Perception includes and incorporates feelings and emotions mm-hmm. and perspective and the lens through which you see things. They can be the same, but oftentimes they're colored one way or another. Maybe like the story you just told. I don't I don't know, you know, perception versus reality. <laughs> but but the challenge is making sure that a perception is validated. Mm. For sure. Because, I mean, if one person has sunglasses on and the other doesn't, you, you see, with the sunglasses, you see things shaded. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's how you're perceiving that moment. Mm-hmm. It's like when you approach uh, eyewitnesses of an event that just happened. Every eyewitness highlights different things, remembers different things. Some are more detailed than others. Others are more general. Some people completely blank. Mm-hmm. Like they literally just saw an event happen and they couldn't repeat one detail back to you. That's not my problem. I can repeat every detail of an event, which I think is what sometimes gets us in trouble because. I see it. I've seen it through a certain lens, and I also add certain things to the event that aren't there to make the story better. Right. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's, it's called lying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> In our family, it's called salsita. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But but you're right, and and I think both both is important because somebody may be sitting over here with the facts, where the other person is here with the mm-hmm. perception, and opening up this 
this healthy communication to be able to bring all that to the table mm-hmm. and really help everybody see the, the, the picture from everybody's angle is, is healthy. That's good. One thing I would, I just like an example right here. I apologize if this is way off, off task or track, but I was watching one of those crime shows and they were asking, they were interviewing eyewitnesses of something that had happened. And there was a vehicle involved in the incident. And some people were saying that it was uh, blue. And some people were saying that it was pink. And they were staunch about their answers. Well, in the end, come to find out, I'm not an expert on paint, but it was one of those types of paints that viewed from certain ways, different ways, mm. looks different. So in that case, you know, if the person who's claiming that it was blue, you know, fails to validate the person that's claiming that it's pink, you know, it's like you're, you're saying, I hear you what you're saying. It's simply not true. And oftentimes there's just so many more perspectives to a situation than just what we know. I think sure. that's a, and that, that causes a complete shutdown, doesn't it? Of the conversation. Yeah. Once you, you don't validate somebody's perception to allow us to continue the conversation it's just a shutdown and nothing happens there that's good number five is caution with tongue Mm. the tongue is like a poisonous snake like a wild animal and Mm. can cause a forest fire of issues um so learning to tame the tongue and and uh, one of the Mm. things that i think um i was really bad at early on in marriage where I don't know how you you would learn this, Roland, in 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 dealing. I think seeing some of the conflict with the, with between your grandparents, but um, I was I would go right attack mode on Roland, on mm. on him as a person, and it was it was like, well, this is what you know. Mm. I and I remember he would say, why don't you just attack the problem and not the person? Mm. And he was really, I have to say. He was really good about reminding me like that does that does that does mm. really skew it, it really it, it, it puts somebody in the defense mode and and all of a sudden like not only am I am I attacking him and his character and, and everything about him that it's all of a sudden he's he's got no no recourse nothing to to say to defend himself and we really have to watch I mean and and we know even when we deal with our kids, but why is it okay? And why did I think it was okay to attack him and to, to, to bring things out about his family or whatever that might've really offended him and hurt him? Well, it did. And, and that was one thing we learned that Mm. that was not, that wasn't good. And we needed to let's, this is just an issue that we're having and let's talk about the problem and where we're, where we're disagreeing here and why. Mm-hmm. And is it a trigger? Is there is there triggers on either side? Because I think we forget that we come with our with our some baggage that we have in dealing with conflict throughout throughout our growing up years. You know, our our families of origin, and so we really need to unpack some of that too. You know, mm-hmm. what it is that mm-hmm. causes a trigger causes. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, this reminds me of you know a conversation I had with my father, or you know just. Mm, like we good. need to yeah we we cannot minimize the the words we speak mm. there there's a lot of weight in the things that we say the bible says in a multitude of words there's no lack of sin and so we've really got to think about what we say 
before we say it and we're we're quick to give that instruction to other people we're quick to give that instruction to our children and yet fail to apply that in our own lives as it relates to marriage there's there's so there's so much mm. that's at play there how quickly we can unravel it's like it's like you've planted a garden and you've You've got this great soil in there. You've put the seed in there. You've watered. You've fertilized, and it's starting to produce fruit. And but you didn't protect it, and an animal came in and, and ate the fruit that you were ready to go and pick the next day. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just so quickly your relation. You're not pursuing oneness because mm-hmm. you didn't tame the tongue, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden your relationship begins to unravel because of the words that you used. And now, you, now you can't take them back. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, we, uh, we, we just did a premarital last night with a, with an awesome couple and we, we were talking about the power of the Holy spirit and he brought this up that the Holy spirit has been helping him taking a pause before he says what he's going to say, because, you know, generally he'll say something, he would have said something and it would have been Mm -hmm. made the situation worse. And it's more out of selfishness and what's on his heart than taking that pause and allowing the Holy spirit to just allow him to think through what he's about to say and say it through spirit rather than flesh. So I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, Tammy, you mentioned within in that number five, actual our actual number seven, attack the I problem, yeah. not no, the that's person. Good. That's good. I love how they all correlate yeah, they because correlate. Mm-hmm. number six is unmistakably wrapped in there to pray right. without ceasing, mm-hmm. to re- just to surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, to do things that you don't feel like doing, and to perhaps refrain from things that you feel like doing that are in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and in our anger, I mean, I think sometimes we think, oh, I can't come before the Lord. But in mm-hmm. our anger, we can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done it many times where it's, he's, he's, it's, it's safe to, to let, let, let the Lord know where, where you're struggling. And mm-hmm. I think that, that that is, you know, that if it's one thing that has really helped me is knowing that, you know, I can lay it all before the Lord and know that, you mm. know, he is, he's, uh, that's the only really person that's not, I mean, he's involved, but like <laughs> he's, he's, he's the only one that can change the situation, can change the atmosphere, can change the hearts, the spirit. He's the only one that can change all of that. And I do think that we forget to pray in that moment. Yeah. And even, even with your spouse, man, there have been times where we have, we have been in active conflict and I just know the Lord said it's time to pray. Like, just like hug each other and pray because, you know, there's something about in that moment coming together and saying, no, we know. And we've always, we've always known that the enemy wants us to be in conflict Mm. continually. So don't, um, don't argue without ceasing, pray without ceasing. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm. Um, I, I like this one, invite an objective voice in, um, cause I think sometimes we can be so clouded in our fight and our argument that mm-hmm. we're not thinking straight, That's right. <laughs> but bringing in somebody that we trust as a couple that, that we uh, respect that is godly, that loves the Lord, that loves us and wants the best for us to come in and, and to hear good. the, uh, you know, I don't want to say referee, but kind of walk in and be able to <laughs> give a voice into the situation that maybe either one of us is not really thinking about. And so having people in your lives, and I, we talk about counseling often, and I think as for so long it's been taboo mm-hmm. you know, to, to go to counseling because that means your marriage is messed up. 
But in all reality, we're all sinful. We all have issues. We all have problems. But inviting somebody in as a counselor or a friend to, to speak objectively to the situation and allow, going back to pray without ceasing, being in the right spirit to receive what an individual like that can bring to the table mm-hmm. really shuts down a lot of the argument. Mm-hmm. I think that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is a good opportunity to be specific with some of the areas that couples can feel like they're at an impasse. You, you might feel like you're at an impasse with your finances. You both have a very different way of approaching how they're handled. Maybe one's a saver, one's a spender. Maybe you're both spenders. You're trying to figure things out. Maybe you're both savers. And so you want to figure, you know, figure out how to find balance in any one of those areas. And so there's, there's a lot of people out there that can really help provide a biblical perspective to how to handle your finances. And it, 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 it's, it's, it begins with a surrendering of the will. And it's not a surrendering of the will to your spouse so much as it's a a surrendering of the will to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then it is mutual submission to one another. Mutually, we agree to put our, 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 (laughs) the, the, the weapons of defense that we bring and just lay them out and say, okay, let's talk through this. Mm. And, uh, you know, another area might be in, in raising children, another area might be in one wants to have another child and the other one doesn't. And so how do, how do you work through that biblically? That's where you need an objective voice. Hey, we're going to talk about it in May, but you may feel like you're at an impasse regarding sexual intimacy where your desire for sexual intimacy doesn't match and you feel like you're constantly arguing about the same things. And so finances to sexual intimacy to raising children to I want more children and you fill in the blank with anything else that's mm. in there, mm-hmm. you don't have to be at an impasse. You, you can invite an objective voice and be willing to submit to the Lord, submit to each other, and to apply biblical principles to the decision you're trying to make. So let me just... Like to gain a better understanding, I think what you're saying is conflict is more than just fighting mm-hmm. or arguing. Like conflict can exist in a much deeper level. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that might be a symptom of conflict. Right. But I, I like that when you're, it's just kind of, kind of when you're at odds with your spouse and you, that impasse and you can't come to it. So yeah, as we, as we talk about conflict, let's make sure we broaden it to include more than just a verbal argument. Mm-hmm. Even and because we contrast performance <clears throat> versus faith by faith, if it never changes by faith, if you're the saver and your spouse is the spender, guess what? If they love the Lord and, and they're as much created in the image of God as you are and they don't see things the way that you are, then then it'll be your lifelong mission. Maybe maybe it's not even baby steps. Maybe it's one step forward, two steps back, but by faith, you love them, and by faith, you pursue them, and by faith, you do all the things necessary to let them know that there's there's no performance attached Mm -hmm. to that. If it's it's sexual intimacy, the, the issue there is finding Jesus as your ultimate, even if it never changes. It doesn't mean you let it go. It doesn't mean you give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't mean you give up. And this is really a good transition to the last one, mm-hmm. which is never, we never instruct anybody to stay in an unsafe environment. Right. Uh, they, mm-hmm. There are, because there's healthy conflict, there's very 
ugly, unhealthy conflict that people have. And if 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 there's a disagreement to the point where uh, you're in an unsafe environment, then mm-hmm. then you need to set the boundaries in place. And that could that'll look different for a lot of people. For some people, it may mean uh, you you need to remove mm-hmm. yourself from a particular situation uh, when things get explosive. Um, but uh, but it doesn't mean you don't fight for your marriage. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're walking out on your marriage. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you get a free pass. Hey, this is what I'm navigating. Uh, but what it does mean is part of fighting for your marriage is establishing a boundary here because without it, the other person, because if the other person isn't hearing what you have to say, because <laughs> that is one thing, uh, we probably add 11 here. 10 is, <laughs> 10 is open the windows when you're having conflict. And, um, and 11 would be that when you, when you, when you have this, when you have one person that you feel like doesn't have the desire that you have, then, then you're not pursuing one. Like you mutually have to be pursuing this and have a desire to come together. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that wraps up Mm. our nine ways to pursue oneness. Or 11. Or 11. <laughs> I feel like we could just keep honestly <laughs> learning new things about one another and get all the way to infinity. That's right. So. Best conflict you had where you thought mm. you came together and you thought, oh, this will never get resolved. Mm. For me, I know we've talked about it on the podcast before, but it was a conflict of whether or not we were going to make a geographical move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were at very differing opinions. Very early. What What's crazy about that one is that without us knowing any of this that we're talking about right now, <laughs> and even having a glimpse of any understanding of this, the Holy Spirit worked out a miracle yep. in that. Nothing short, really. Because, because we were clueless. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of a thought through the flesh because I'm thinking I got to provide for my family and this is the only way that I see it. So therefore, right. we're making this move, and Susie's like, "I don't want to go there." I uh, think you're being selfish. You're being selfish. I don't think you're thinking of me. Mm-hmm. And so there when was. I was doing that very thing. <laughs> well, and I probably deep down was being selfish, you know, in making this move. But it wasn't a selfishness of my gain, but like I couldn't stay where I was without having a job mm-hmm. in that place. So mine was more, I would say, out of desperation. <laughs> like I got yeah. to there's, there's an opportunity. Yeah. I'm taking it. Right. Um. But by the grace of God and his mercy and the Holy Spirit, using that, the, you know, it was probably several months of conflict till, till we started, guys started changing our hearts and mm-hmm. moving us in a healthy direction with that. But we learned so much out of that. Yeah. In that process. That was in the first, I was going to say, that was in the first. First couple months. Couple months. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that was, was a lesson on submission that I don't think I could have learned any other way. That's right. What about y'all? I think, oh, oh, I was going to ask you to just unpack it just a little bit because I've recently, we recently had a conversation at the table about this and there were details I didn't really know, Mm -hmm. but I thought it was really good that you had some of your family members were saying, oh my goodness, he knows you don't want to do that. But there was one person that told you what you needed to hear. There was my dad. Yeah. And I, and really, I thought my dad was going to be my final recourse. Like, <laughs> like 
like my other family members couldn't really persuade Gio, but I was like, I know he's a little bit afraid of my dad, <laughs> at least at that point in time. And if my dad could just say, well, Gio, I don't think this is a good idea for your family. Then I was just like, if he could just hear it from my dad, I think that would change everything. Um, and I remember sharing and just pouring out my heart to my dad and waiting for him to affirm me and him saying, you know, the power in that pause after me pouring my heart out. And he said, well, Susie. <laughs> and then I was like, I didn't even, I, yeah. I, I heard what was after, but I knew where it was going. And he yeah. said, you know, you did say that you would go wherever he goes and, you know, wherever he leads, you would follow. And this mm -hmm. is the time. And if, and if it's a mistake, you know, he didn't even say it was. Mm -hmm. It was amazing godly advice. If it's a mistake, that's something that Gio will have to answer to the Lord for. Mm -hmm. You will have to answer to the Lord for how you submitted to him. And Roland, just to piggyback on what you said, this is when two people are mutually trying to do the right thing. That's right. You know, yeah. I I just think we just kind of try to subtly weave that all, always in and throughout. And we were, we were trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. We just had no idea what it was or how to go about it. And, right. and there, there is a way for the person that feels like they're the one doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. There, there is a way for them to, to be faithful to what God's called them to do in being spirit led. All of those conflict resolution principles that we read in scripture about praying for those who persecute you and spitefully use you, and the scriptures that say vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I, I will repay, and the scriptures that say outdo one another in showing honor, those things begin at home. Mm. And it, it doesn't mean that you don't have a voice, and it doesn't mean that you don't set boundaries, and it doesn't mean that you don't call out uh, wrong that the other person may do or or mistreatment but but there's a way to do that mm -hmm. there's been many moments where uh tammy reminds me that that my tone of voice or the way that i'm communicating to her is is not honoring to her uh mm -hmm. the idea of hey i'm not i'm not your child mm -hmm. but honestly shouldn't even be talking to my child that way and so those are moments where we're simply speaking truth to one another so that we can be mutually pursuing peace and oneness. And that's, I think that's the process that God was taking us through is learning those type of things. Because quite honestly, I think there was only one way that I knew how to handle conflict. And that was by just being louder mm -hmm. and then I would win. And that, and, and in a lot of those moments early on in our marriage, I that's, can drive with that. that's the tool that I used. <laughs> You know, that's, that's kind of the tool. And we, we talk to couples now and say, hey, in your, in your conflict, you're not allowed to cheat. You know, don't cheat in conflict in your communication. And what we mean by that is don't use the tool that you know that is going to trump the conversation so that you feel like you've won. Mm -hmm. For me, it was being loud. And so God began to use those things in these early conflicts for us that... Um, that man, only God could change. It was only the Holy Spirit that was changing our hearts in that process. And, um, and we're still a work in progress. There's still stuff today that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. But like we were talking last night with this couple, it's, it's like climbing a mountain. And when you trip up three quarters up the mountain, you're, you only trip up right there. It's not like you go all the way to the bottom right. base and you got to start over. It, you, you, you clean up the scrapes and you move forward and, and you ask for forgiveness and and you move forward. What Satan wants us to do is feel mm -hmm. like we're back at the bottom of that hill, right. 
and we're starting all over and feeling the guilt and the shame and the anger towards the other person. And it's your fault that we're down here and we did it again and whatever the, the conflict is. And that's where Satan wants us. And, and we want you to know that, hey, there could be good conflict. There could be, could be good conversations in the midst of that conflict that can heal, that can bring you guys better, you know, closer together and closer to the Lord and, um, and pursue those type of things. Because if we don't pursue those type of things, we're naturally going to go the other way. Mm-hmm. We're just naturally going to go to our selfishness, to our, you know, and the verse that keeps popping up in my head as we've been talking is in James where it says, humble yourself before the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee you. Mm-hmm. I don't think we do that enough. I don't think we go into this conflict and battle prepared spiritually to do those things, and we, we want to get our point across. I want to tell everything that I need to say so that the other person understands me, and when they don't, I just get louder till they just mm-hmm. finally say, all right, whatever, and then, oh, okay, I won. Yeah. Well, that's, nobody wins there. Mm-hmm. Well, as we wind down today's podcast, <laughs> we've got there's there's a lot to say here. Oh, man, we, we've so got good. we've got two more that are coming your way. But yeah. I think one visual that we'd want to leave with you is this: is when you come together and there's conflict, it can be like a dance. Mm. And in that dance, you are mutually submitting to coming together and flowing with the movement of the other person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gio and Susie, al- along with Tammy and myself, would be honest, there's times when we approach the dance <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to be next to you. We're, it's more like a dance off. <laughs> <laughs> and what conflict needs to be is it needs to be a little bit more of a, of a slow dance or a dance where you're together and you're not stepping all over each other's feet mm-hmm. to do that but really coming together as one. And sometimes one person's leading and you follow. Mm-hmm. And then other times the other person is leading and following them. And so uh, work through the dance of conflict together and then join us next time as we continue this conversation mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. how to resolve conflict and experience God's peace in your life, in your marriage, in your home and beyond. Thank you for tuning in to the Christian Family Life Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. To learn more about the ministry, visit our website, christianfamilylife.com. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter and find all of our social media links where we offer resources to help strengthen your marriage. Until next time, remember, God created marriage. He can make it work.